The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have not been paying attention When you were just talking to me Do you think that you could repeat the question? And I listen more attentively There must have been something in all of that nothing That wasn't quite so easy to see And I must have missed something Thirty seconds. Join Cuddy's already on my page saying great show and we haven't said anything yet. Aww. That's dedication. Yep. <laughs> That's dedication. Love Join Cuddy. That's awesome. Hero veteran. Oh, love shoe up. Ah, oh, boy. Every week I come in here and go, this is my last week. And somehow the following week I'm still here. Well, how can you go? Look, you haven't even started and you're appreciating. I know, I know. You can't go anywhere. Stop it. People want to hear from you. I don't know if that's awesome or tragic. It's all perspective, Tom. It's all perspective. I am noticing, noticing, though, that the, um, the quality of the video is much sharper today. So whatever it is that you did, keep doing that. Okay, I wish I knew what it was. Because I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at crystal clear, and sometimes it's very grainy, and it come, kind of comes in and out, but it's looking really good. So whatever you did today, do that a lot. I just won't touch anything, I guess. All right. I didn't. I swear I didn't do anything. All right. Should probably stop the show, right? All right. You know what we should have done is we should have just went live ten minutes ago. And got that whole discussion that was going on here in that the studio. Was, that was very because that was that was that was good for on-air stuff. Yeah, I had my I had for for twenty years. Paul Morano was my co-host. Uh, wait, let me start the show. Hi, this is Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, Top Two Guys Smoke Shop at the Studio Twenty One Podcast Cafe. I want to thank our sponsors, um, McLennan Real Estate Century Twenty One, uh, AFC Urgent Care, Marsan and Son Construction, and now is the time you should be calling Marsan and Son because the, the weather's getting nice. Uh, EIS Investigations, Borelli's Deli. And I just can't wait to go over there and get my chicken today. Pleasant Valley Landscaping. Now, Pleasant Valley Landscaping, they're so busy that they're not even booking jobs now until June. So that's how good they are. So you can get someone for next week. They may not be as good as Pleasant Valley. You're you're probably better off waiting for June, calling them now. Yep, get it now. booking a job for June to have them do your landscaping. Um, And and we really appreciate them for coming on the show. And I think they bought like multiple months. I think they went for at least three months. So... We really appreciate that. So they started to say before I had uh, I had Palmerano was my um, 
And I don't even know why I started that, so why, why even bother going through? So, hi, how you guys doing? Uh, we have a very interesting show for you guys today. If I think of it, I'll go back to it. Um, but I have really terrible ADD yeah. when it comes to this kind of stuff. If I, I, I get really mad when someone interrupts me when I'm talking, not because it's rude, but because now I'm going to forget what I, where I was going with whatever I was saying, and I was doing like a big buildup, and then you interrupt me, and I don't know where the hell to go after that. I've learned to try um, not to interject too much, because I can see it throw you off it, your game, it, it, and I'm like, and oh, you would I think, didn't mean to. And you would think doing this show, as long as I've been doing it, you would, you would think that I'd be better at that. Or I remember the Paul Morano thing. So Paul Morano used to come in and do my show for 20 years. We did a show together on radio. Wow. We, we never talked off the air. Wow. Because one day we started a conversation off the air and it was so good oh, okay. that I said, oh my God, this was great. We should have done this live. Then we went back live and we tried to like recreate it and it was, it was, too, it was too forced. It was yeah, too, too fake. Just, like scripted. Yeah. It was fake. So we, we always had with Paul and I, like we'd chat about like our girlfriends or like our life, but we wouldn't talk about anything relevant to what we we're going to talk about on the air. Right. Because we would get in, involved in these like really in-depth discussions and we're like, oh, that would have been great for on the air. So I, I try to do everything on the air. And that, that conversation earlier, that, that was a great conversation. We should have had everybody up here doing it. Now we've just um, teased everyone. The, so. the, 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 the title of the show today is Stop Resisting Arrest. And I did a little experiment on my Facebook page this week, and that was what the impetus for the show is. Uh, you'll notice every once in a while I'll do that. I'll throw something out on Facebook. And if it gets a lot of response and a lot of controversy, I will use that as my topic for the next show. Yeah. So I, I look really yellow, though, when you zoom in. Yeah, see, I was going to say, that's right? the zoom. Yeah, it's kind of weird, right? Back out. We want to see. So we're watching. If you've been watching TV for the last couple of days, you're watching all the thugs and the criminals rioting and all the stuff that's going on, and they're pretending that they care about racism, and they're pretending that this is all about evil racist cops gunning down black men for fun. Which, by the way, the same people saying that are also the same people saying we should have gun control. Turn in all your guns, Hmm. which is very confusing to someone like me who thinks for myself, because as I've said on the show many times before. If the cops are a bunch of racist thugs that are gunning down black men for fun, then why would you be telling us to turn over our guns? Shouldn't we be able to defend ourselves against the evil white racist white supremacist cops, right? So everything that you see on CNN, they don't even believe what they're they're saying because they give you two opposite messages in the same show, sometimes in the next breath. I mean, I remember watching one day and they were talking about how Donald Trump is a fascist Nazi. And then they took a commercial, and the next break it was, why we need gun control, turn in all your guns. I'm like, wait a minute, you just told us the leader of our country is a racist and a Nazi, and you want us to turn our guns in? Like, isn't that kind of like the opposite of what you'd be telling people if they had a fascist Nazi as their president? I don't know. So I I went on Facebook, and I made a simple statement, which is 100% true, and that is, if Duante, I think it's Duante Williams, I think that's his name. If it's not his name, it doesn't really matter what his name is because it's about the topic, not the name. Um, if Duante Williams had not resisted arrest, he'd be alive today. And if George Floyd had not resisted arrest, he'd be alive today. Okay. So the moral of the story is don't resist arrest. And a lot of people jumped on and said, yep, you're right, 100%, I agree with you. But a lot of people jumped on and said, what about the racist cops? What about the abusive cops? Are you saying that there's no such thing as police brutality? I didn't say any of that. I didn't even address any of that. Everybody is talking on every single radio show, on every single TV show, they're talking about police brutality. So why do I want to do that? That's what everyone else is doing. So I looked at this, and I went back, and I looked at the videos, and I said, Maybe we can, we can use this as a teachable moment for people. 
And let's not talk about what everyone else is talking about. Let's talk about what led up to it. Let's talk about how we got there. Exactly. So I watched the Dante Williams, Dante Williams, whatever his name is, uh, video multiple times. And I watched the video of George Floyd multiple times. Do I think that the, that the cop who had his knee on the neck of George Floyd is guilty? So far, yeah, I've been watching the trial and he looks guilty, but I, I am, I am going to hold off saying he's absolutely guilty until I see all the evidence. Um, but let's look at what led up to that. Because I was, I, I, and I get that I'm a dinosaur, I get that. But I was brought up to believe that you are responsible for what happens to you. And how you deal with things will either escalate it or de-escalate it. And you watch the Duante Williams video, and had he complied with what the officers asked him to do, even if they were wrong, if he could complied with what the officers told him to do, he never would have been shot. Now, this police officer, my heart goes out to the family of Duante Williams because he's dead. And no matter what the circumstances are, they loved him. He was their family member, and they and they and 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 they're going through horrible, horrible things emotionally because their family member is dead. I also, however, have a tremendous amount of empathy for the cop who shot him, because she has to live for the rest of her life, whether she goes to jail or she doesn't, whether she's castigated on CNN or she's not. She has to live the rest of her life knowing she took somebody's life by mistake. That it wasn't something that she had to do. It's something that she did by mistake. And I don't care who you are. That's got to, that's got to change you. That's, that's got to, that's got to hurt. That's going to cause a lot of sleepless nights. Oh, absolutely. And so it was a mistake. And even the idiots on CNN, even the racists on CNN have said during almost every discussion, because I watch CNN in my office all day, have said, you know, we think it was a mistake too. We watched her reaction afterwards and we thought it was a mistake. But they then followed up with, but she should go to jail. Well, wait a minute, you just said, should people go to, mis- go to jail for a mistake? To me, jail has always been for people too unsafe to walk amongst us. People who purposely commit violent crimes. I don't even believe that we should have jail for nonviolent crimes. I think there should be, like, Martha Stewart should not have gone to jail for what she did. Martha Stewart should have been made to clean toilets in Harlem for six months. That's what she should have been made to do. But putting her in jail didn't make us any more safe for the time that she was in jail. She's not a threat to society. She broke the law. She should pay. But I don't think anybody should go to jail for a nonviolent crime. That's just me and all other people feel differently. But I watched the Duante Williams, and they, t- and they told him multiple times, multiple times they told him to put his hands behind his back, to stop struggling, to comply, and he refused to comply. Now, what would have happened had he complied? We wouldn't know his name because the cop never would have had the opportunity to shoot him with a taser or what she thought was shooting him with a taser and mistakenly shot him with a gun. Right. If we go back and we look at the George Floyd video, we've got a video we're going to show in a second too about another case. But if we go back and we look at the George Floyd video, I counted, I lost count it two dozen times that they told him to stop struggling, to put his hands behind his back, to get into the police cruiser. He was saying, I can't breathe when he got out of his car, long before he was on the, floor, on the ground, long before that cop had his knee on his neck. And so I'm looking at this thing. I'm, here's what I'm not saying, because I know people, people who watch my show and other shows that are controversial hear what they want to hear. Right. So I'm going to tell you what I'm not saying. I'm not saying I'm defending the cop. I'm not saying I'm defending anybody. 
I'm not saying the cop was right. And I'm also not saying that the cop was wrong, although it kind of does look like he was wrong so far. What I am saying is, had George Floyd not resisted arrest, had George Floyd just gone into the back of the police cruiser when they put him there and stayed there and didn't cause problems, they never would have pulled him out, put him down on the ground, put him in a prone position and put their knee on his neck. Right. Again, there's two different issues here. And the, the, the people who came on my page when I posted this wanted to talk about police brutality. That's not the issue that I want to talk about. That's what everyone's talking about. You can get that on any show you put on. If you just flip on your TV right now and flip through any cable channel, that's what they're talking about. It's being talked to death. What nobody's talking about is what led up to it. And that's what I want to focus on on today's show. If a police officer pulls you over and tells you to stand on your head and fucking recite poetry, you stand on your head and you recite poetry. On the scene, he's got a badge, a gun, a baton, a taser, and other multiple weapons, and a walkie-talkie to call other guys with guns, badges, batons, tasers, and multiple weapons. You're never going to win on the scene. I have had cops treat me badly even when my father was alive. My father was a cop. My uncle was a police lieutenant. All my cousins were cops in Lawrence and North Andover. I had cops treat me badly. My father used to say, I don't care how wrong the cop is. In the moment, on the scene, the cop is in charge. And if he's wrong, you comply with what he says, and then you file a complaint later on. You go and you talk to his supervisor later on. You can call the newspaper later on. But you've lived to do that. If you don't comply, there's a chance you can get hurt. There's a chance you can get arrested for something you didn't do. If it's a bad cop, you can make something up. Or you can be shot and dead. So this isn't to defend the cops. This isn't to lick the boots of authority, as some of the people came on my show, on my, on my page and said. And I understand why you say that, because you all went to public schools and that's what you've been taught. But I'm here to tell you that there's another side to that. And it's not a pro or, or anti-police or pro or anti the defendant. It's let's look at what happens leading up to these cases. You know, it's funny we hear on CNN from the liberals and the Democrats all the time about how they want to prevent crimes, how they want to prevent illiteracy, how they want to prevent all of these things. They want to pass new laws to stop something from ever happening again until it comes to something like this. And then nobody wants to talk about, well, what did DeWante Williams or George Floyd do that led up to this that had they done differently, wouldn't have ended that way. And why do we do that? To stop maybe the next Dewante Williams from getting shot? To stop the next George Floyd from having a cop's knee on his neck in a prone position on the ground for 20-something minutes? That's why we do that. It's not to defend anybody, because I don't know if Derek Chauvin is guilty. It certainly looks that way, though. But again, we may hear information during that, during that uh, trial that might show that, you know what, maybe he was wrong with what he did, but that might not be what killed George Floyd. Maybe something, maybe it was a combination of other things, and maybe not. But don't we need the facts first? Like, don't we need to hear all of the facts and not just emotionally react to a video that we see? One of the worst things in the world is you see a video, and how many times has this happened? You see a video on TV, and you judge, you react emotionally, and you judge people based on the video that you saw on TV. And then six months later, you find out stuff that led up to that right. that makes that video that you were outraged by look totally reasonable. Well, what the one we're about to play. I right. said, that seems excessive. And right. then you guys said, do you know what happened to make them stop him? Right, there was right. a, a gun on... Ah, you're blowing it. Oh, you're, sorry. you're blowing it. All right, fine. I won't ruin it. But <laughs> we'll get there, though. Good perspective, though, as I was like, right. wow, I didn't have that piece of information. Right. 
that changes right. things. And so the idea that the cops are racist is to get you not to think. They don't want you to think. They want you to emotionally react so that you'll take their side, you'll have an emotional reaction, and then they can, then they can use that for political gain and for political favor, and they can re... They can, whatever it is that their political, their political agenda is, they can advance that. And what I'd like for you guys to do, I think the people who watch my show and listen to my show on Podbean and Spreaker and all that, I think you guys are a little bit more intelligent because you're a little bit more plugged in and you pay attention a little bit more to the things that are going on. And if you go on my Facebook page at the very top, I've got a quote. It's been there since 2009 when I, when I opened my first Facebook page, the very first day. It says, make people think it's the only thing you can really do for them. And that's my job. That's what I look at that every day when I go to my Facebook page. It reminds me what my job is. My job is to get you guys to think. It's not to convince you that I'm right. It's not to get you to see it from my perspective. It's just to make you think. It's to make you challenge what you think you believe. And if I've done that, and you challenge what you think you believe or what you thought you believed, and at the end of that process, you're even more firm in what you believed, I'm okay with that. Because you've at least thought it through. You've looked at all the evidence, you've thought it through, and you've, and you've challenged yourself. And sometimes you listen to what I say or listen to the show, and you say, no, you know what? I didn't really think of it that way. Maybe, maybe I am saying this wrong. So I don't care which way you end up. I really don't. I don't write my newspaper to convince you of what my political opinions are, and I don't do this show for that. I give my opinions, and I give my opinions hoping that you guys will at least challenge what you think you know. So getting back to this resisting arrest, in all, almost all of these cases, by the way, including Rodney King, let's go all the way back to Rodney King, right? Were the cops wrong to kick the shit out of him and call him a monkey and make racial comments? Of course they were. Of course they were. But what led up to that? They tried to pull him over, and I think for like 10 miles he refused to pull over. And when they finally pulled him over, he punched a cop in the face and tried to grab his gun. All right? So from that point forward, the cops acted badly. I agree with that. I agree that they were, that at least two of them made racist comments. I agree that what they did was wrong. I think at least two of them should have gone to jail. But Rodney King is the reason why Rodney King got his ass beat. I'm sorry. Because had he pulled over right away, had he not tried to grab the cop's gun when they pulled him over, had he not sucker punched the cop in the face to grab his gun when he got pulled over, he probably wouldn't have got his ass kicked. Now, is that always the case? No. We shouldn't have to say in every discussion that there's an exception to every rule. There is. There are bad cops, bad doctors, bad lawyers, bad podcast hosts. I get that. But we don't judge everybody based on the exception, do we? I mean, we're told... When a black person commits violence, we're not supposed to judge all black people, right? Based on that one guy and what he did. And we're told that if someone who's Latino or minority does something wrong, we don't judge all Latinos and minorities based on what that person did. But when it comes to police, for some reason, the same people who decry labeling and stereotyping immediately go to labeling and stereotyping police officers as all a bunch of racist jackbooted thugs. Mm. Which, again, is bizarre to me. Because, again, these people are the same people saying turning your guns and and what kind of a society are we at that point if we're going to let a bunch of white supremacist racist cops roam our streets and we're unarmed to defend ourselves against them that's craziness we have a video while this discussion was going on on my facebook page and i don't even know there were like so many comments it was ridiculous <laughs> somebody posted this video um 
with the snarky little comment that like, oh, you're all for the veterans. What about the way the cops treated this veteran? So I didn't comment on it because I didn't have time to watch the video. But over the last couple of days, I did get a chance to watch the video. And I watched this video probably five times and still could not figure out what the cops did wrong. People who hate the cops, of course, come on, come on the page and they give me their perspective, which is good because at least now I know what you think he did wrong, right? I like that people who don't agree with me come on my page and sometimes they'll insult me. That's fine. Um, and I never delete those comments because it's free speech as far as I'm concerned. I'm a First Amendment guy. But it at least lets me know what it is that other people saw that maybe I'm not seeing. So I went back and I watched it again after people started giving me what their side of the cop shouldn't have been swearing at him. The cop told him when he said, I'm afraid, I'm afraid to get out of the car. And the cop said, you should be. I get that the cop was gruff. I get all of that. But like with all these other cases, nobody's taking into account what happened before that. So what I want to do is, how long is the video, did you say? Oh, I think it's like four and a half minutes. Is it really that long? Yeah, it's All a right, long one. Let me pull up. We're going to try a little experiment live on the show today. Because I, I toyed with the idea of either doing it live or putting a counter up every time they said right, something, right, right? right? But I don't know how to do that because I'm not tech savvy like some people. So I, 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 I didn't do it. So I want to run this video. I'm going to stop it a couple of times throughout. So I, I don't remember where this happened because it doesn't really matter, right? It is a National Guard troop. A National Guard member. It was in Virginia. Is in Virginia. It was in Virginia. Um, who the police tried to pull over. He refused to pull over for about a mile to two miles. Mm-hmm. In that time that he was not pulling over, I only know because my family are cops. I know how policing works. Most people don't. They ran his plate. And when a cop runs your plate, you have to understand. And I'm a concealed carry. I, I carry a weapon, Right. You have to know that when a cop runs your plate, immediately they get your name, your social security number, your criminal record. Are you a concealed carry? Are you, you know, are you in possession of a weapon or possibly in possession of a weapon? Any restraining orders you've had against you, any parking tickets you've had against you, they've got your name, your address, and everything. So I got pulled over by a cop one day, came over to my car and said, Mr. Duggan, step out of the car. Didn't ask me for my license or registration. He didn't have to. He had already run my plate, right? He had already run my plate and he already knew who I was. I'm not going to talk about what happened after that. I got treated very badly by the cop. It all ended up getting straightened out, but the cop acted like an asshole. What I didn't do was say, fuck you, pig. What I didn't say to him was, no, I've got the paperwork to prove that this car is registered. You're not, you're not arresting me. That's not happening today. No, it was yes, officer, no officer, and live to fight another day. Yep. All right? You have to understand when a cop pulls you over, he asks you for your license and registrations because you pulled over right away. He's trying to run your, run your registration. You pull over right away. He gets out of the car and asks you for your license and registration. The, the information is now just popping up on his screen. But if you flee or you, you don't pull over right away, they're going to know by the time they get to your car everything that they need to know. So that's what happened with this guy that we're going to show the video of now. And I'm not sure where the outrage comes from, but I want to discuss it, and hopefully we'll get some of your comments on Facebook, and you're always free to email me if you want, if, if, uh, if you're seeing something that I'm not seeing. Um, so let's, let's start this video. This happened in Virginia, yeah. and this guy refused, refused to pull over. How many occupants are in your vehicle? Open the door slowly and step out. That's two. Open the door. Three. 
Get out the car. Four. Open the door slowly and get out. Five. Get out of the car. Now. Six. Open the door. Get out the car. Seven. Hold, 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 hold. Keep your hands outside the window. Eight. Keep your hands outside the window. Get out of the car now. Nine. Ten. Get out of the car. Eleven. Twelve. Get out of the car now. Thirteen. Yo, what? Guess what? I'm a veteran too. I don't know. Babe, get out of the car. Fourteen. Get out of the car now. Fifteen. What's going on? You're fixing to ride the lightning, son. Get out of the car now. Sixteen. Get out of the car. Seventeen. Now. Get out of the car. Eighteen. Sir, just get out the car. Nineteen. Work with us and we'll talk to you. Get out the car. Twenty. Order. Obey it. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly afraid to get out. Can I? Yeah, you, you should be. Get out. Get out. Get out the car. Get out now. Twenty-six in my head anyway. You're being stopped by traffic violation. You're not cooperating at this point right now. You're under arrest for, for you're being detained, okay? You're being detained for obstruction of justice. Violation. I do not have to get out the vehicle. You haven't even told really? me why I'm being stopped. Really? Get, your get, hands get out of the car now. Get out of the car. I think 28. I lost count. Get your hands off me. You know what? Get your hands off me. Not get a problem. Hands off me. Back up, baby. I didn't do anything. Sir, get out of the car now. Hey, get out of the car now. We're well over 30 at this point. Get out. Okay. 31. Get out. 32. 33. 34. Get out of the car. 35. Now. 36. I'm actively serving this country, and this is how you're going to treat me. Back up, Daniel. I didn't do anything. Whoa, hold on. What's going on? Hold on. I think 35, but again, I've lost count yeah. at this point. Get out of the car now. Sir, just get out of the car. We're approaching 40. I know that. Get out of the car now. Yeah, oh, get out of the car and get on the ground now. You're going to get it again. I don't even want to reach my seatbelt. Take your seatbelt off and get out of the car. Get out of the car now. Listen, take off your seatbelt and get out of the car. Look, I'm just going to just please. You're going to do what you're told. Get out of the car. We're, we're approaching 50 now. Take 50 times. Look, take your seatbelt off. Look, my hands are out. Take your seatbelt off and get out of the car. My hands are out. Don't reach in there, Daniel. Don't reach in there. My hands are out. Please. Please. Look, this is really messed up. My dog is in the back. My dog is choking right get now. Get out of the car. Take your seatbelt off. What are you, a specialist, Corporal? What are you? I'm a lieutenant. Lieutenant, get out of the car. Take your seatbelt off and get out of the car. You made this way more difficult than it had to be. Yeah, you Comply. did. Get out of the car. I'm reaching for my seatbelt. Fine. Take your seatbelt off and get out of the car. Straight onto the ground. Straight onto the ground. Ma'am. Is your commanding officer available? Down. Let's go. Is your commanding Let's officer go. available? Get on the ground. Get on the Can ground. Get on the ground now. On. Get on the ground or you're getting sprayed again. Get on the ground. Can you please talk to me about what's going on? Get on the ground. On. Get on the ground now. Can you please talk to me about what's going on? I'm at 70. Talk to me about what's yes, going I lost on. count. 
And I'm sure I missed a few. Why am I being treated like this? Because you're not cooperating. Get on the ground. Right, you're not cooperating. Why am I being treated like this? This is really so so first of all and and she kind of let it out earlier what we what we don't know watching that video and i only know because i went to one of the links to the local newspapers that was covering this story the day after it happened that there was a loaded weapon on visible on the passenger seat of the car, which is why you can hear the supervisor telling him, don't reach into the car. Because if he reaches into the car, it gives the guy an opportunity to reach for the gun. And so they don't want to give him an opportunity to react to the cops reaching into the car. So I counted over 70 commands from police officers telling this guy to get out of the car, to keep his hands out, to stop reaching, to get on the ground, to stop resisting. And what did this guy do at every single step of the way? He refused to comply. He resisted arrest. That's not on the cops. I'm sorry. They gave a lawful order. He refused to pull over when they first put the blue lights on, which now makes it a felony stop. They've already run his plate, and they know that he's possibly armed because he's concealed carry. And you would think, by the way, you know, I'm a big fan of veterans. We do a tribute to veterans on the front page of our paper every single month. I mean, that's prime advertising real estate that we dedicate to honoring veterans. I do a lot for the local veterans. I work a lot with the local veterans. I think we should be doing everything. We, I don't think veterans should. I think if you went off and fought for your country or you volunteered to go fight for your country, you should never pay taxes again. However, it doesn't give you a free pass to do whatever you want when the police pull you over. Being a veteran does not mean you get to refuse to comply to a lawful police order. Just because he's a veteran doesn't mean he gets to do that. So I don't, I don't know where the, where the ideas on my Facebook page came from that because he's a veteran, somehow he's supposed to get some special dispensation when he's refusing a lawful command. Because I'm pretty sure had he pulled over right away when the cop put his lights on and he pulled over right away, they, and I'm not sure what they stopped him for. I, 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 we missed the beginning part of that, and I forget. But I, I don't know if it was an uh, expired tag or something. But they pulled him over for doing something. Had he pulled over it w- and, and complied with their commands. Or even, by the way, if he didn't pull over right away, but when he pulled into the gas station, he had complied with their commands, put his hands out the window, and stepped out of the car. The first fucking time they told him to do it, All the rest of that never would have happened. None of it would have happened. Now, with the cops acting like assholes, I guess if you're not used to that kind of a situation and you're not, and you don't have interactions with police officers on a regular basis and you're not a criminal, you probably don't understand why the cops are acting like assholes, right? But they're thinking about their own safety. They want to go home to their wife and their kids or their mom and their dad or their girlfriend or boyfriend at the end of their shift. And you've just pulled over a guy who is obviously doing something wrong and refusing to comply with your commands, and you know that he's either armed or possibly armed. At the end of all this, by the way, the cop got fired. They fired the cop because of this environment that we're in where everybody's a Monday morning quarterback, and if a cop doesn't do something perfect, we're ready to hang them. Just like the woman who shot, just like the female officer that shot DeWante Williams. 
I think that I think that the nightmare she's going to have the rest of her life is pretty good punishment enough. I don't think she should have been charged. Um, she made a mistake, and if you start charging cops for making mistakes, you're not going to have any cops left. No one's going to go into this business except except people who shouldn't be in this business. And the more I watch that video, now that's probably like the eighth time I've watched that video. The more I watch that video, the more I think they should be showing that at the academy. They should be showing that video at the academy and they should be saying, this is exactly how you handle a guy because he didn't get killed. He was black. They didn't beat him, right? They didn't shoot him. They didn't even tase him. They did at one point mace him so that he would comply and he still refused to comply. So there's two things that we can judge here as members of the public who pay the salary of police officers. We judge the police officers by their actions. Absolutely, I agree with that. But we also judge the suspect on his actions. What did he do to contribute to what happened? And at every step of the way, he was in control because he was refusing to comply. See, police officers have one job when they pull you over, and that's to control the situation so that everybody goes home alive. No cop wants to shoot you, believe me. It's paperwork, it's their name in the paper, it's the shame on their family, it's possibly losing their job and their pension. No cop wants to shoot anybody. Believe me when I tell you, I know cops, even bad cops, even guys like Bill Green, who got thrown off the Lawrence Police Department, used to say to me all the time, I pray to God I never have to use my gun, right? So even the bad cops don't want to use their guns. They're not looking to hurt anybody for the most part. Again, exceptions to every rule, but we don't judge on the exception. Here's a guy who should have known better, and then I'm thinking... Boy, how'd you like to be on the front lines in Afghanistan and that guy's next to you and the lieutenant tells him to go take that hill and he starts refusing to comply with the lieutenant's orders or the captain's orders and, and he starts questioning the authority of his commanders. That's how people die in battle. This guy should have known above and beyond anyone else being pulled over by the cop that when a, when a, when a person of authority tells you to do something, you do it. And if you don't do it, pretty much what happens after that point is on you. So, yeah, can we, can we hold the police officer responsible for acting badly based on what the person not complying does? Yeah, we can judge the cop. We can, we can judge the cop that had the knee on, on George Floyd's neck, that he shouldn't have done that. But we also need to take a very serious look at what happened to lead up to that. And nobody's doing that today. Everybody wants to take a side. The cop's right or the cop's wrong. The black person's always right. The white person's always wrong. The real world isn't like that. I know CNN wants the real world to be like that. That's why they do what they do every day. Is that counting up or down? That's counting down. So you're saying we have 10 left? Yeah. I really did like almost a whole show already. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty good. So. You're good. They fired this cop. The woman who shot Duante Williams is now arrested uh, for... I believe second degree homicide. I I just I just don't th- I just don't think that's cor- either one of those two things are correct. I agree with arresting Derek Chauvin. And if there was some if, and one of the other cops, I don't know if the other cops during the George Floyd situation outranked him. I think Derek Chauvin was the ranking officer on the scene. If I'm wrong about that, then whoever else was on the scene that was ranking above him should also be charged. We had uh, Joe Solomon, the former Lithuanian police chief here one day, and he talked about George Floyd. And one of the things that he said was fascinating, and I, I, I'll bring the clip in next week. I, I didn't think about it because it just came to me now. He said, in Methuen, that never would have happened, Tom, on the air. 
And I went, come on, because Methuen's so great. He said, no, Tom, we have a policy in Methuen. The minute someone starts resisting arrest, they call for a supervisor. A supervisor comes onto the scene, and the supervisor supervises the scene. Hmm. And it never would have gotten to the point where this guy was in a prone position for that guy to put his knee on his neck. And I thought, you know what? That, that, that's good to know. Like, a lot of people probably don't know that, right? So part of the problem probably in the George Floyd situation was there was no supervisor on the scene to stop Derek Chauvin from doing what he was doing, and the other guys on the scene didn't outrank him enough to tell him to stop. You don't tell your supervisor if you're in the Army or you're in the police department or even a fire department. Your supervisor is doing something wrong. You don't say anything because you lose your job. They will target you, they will set you up, and, they will, and you will lose your job. And that's good cops and bad cops. So each of these incidents is different. Each of these incidents has different individuals involved, different circumstances involved, but none of them are racist. None of them involve race. The only thing that involves race in any of these cases is the defendant is black. If you think for a minute that bad cops don't act that way toward white defendants or Latino defendants or Asian defendants, you're fooling yourself. I grew up in Lawrence. I saw it all the time. I saw white people getting treated badly. I saw Latinos getting treated badly. I saw black people getting treated badly. I saw Jewish and Asian people getting treated badly. And by the way, I also saw Latinos getting treated well and blacks getting treated well and Jews getting treated well. It depends on the circumstance. It depends on the individuals involved. It depends on the time of night. And it also depends on whether or not the defendant is on something. You know, I watched a guy get shot, and I'm, I'm probably going to screw up the year, but I think it was probably around 2003. I watched, a guy, I watched a guy get shot three times in the chest on Arlington Street, and he kept going at the other guy. It wasn't a cop that shot him. It was another guy that shot him. But he was so hopped up on some drug that he didn't even feel the pain and took three more, three more steps, and the guy had to shoot him like two more times. We don't take all of these things into account when CNN comes on and says, black person good, white person bad. Cop bad, defendant good. What they want you to see is race. And it's disgraceful because it's dividing us as a country. We need to start looking at these things as individual cases. And when these people are out rioting and they're saying, George Floyd, Duante Williams, this other person, Breonna Taylor, these are all totally separate instances. And by the way, there's not one shred of evidence, not one, that the George Floyd situation had anything to do with race. If a white guy did what George Floyd did, Derek Chauvin would have done what he did. I'm convinced of it. And if Duante Williams was a white Jewish guy from Brooklyn and he tried to reach back into his car, she would have tried to tase him and shot him with her gun by accident anyway. I don't think any of these particular cases has anything to do with race. That's not to say it doesn't happen. It does happen. I've seen it happen. You've probably seen it happen. But it doesn't just happen with police officers. It happens in restaurants with waiters. It happens in schools with teachers and administrators. People suck. And if there's nothing else that you learned from me from listening to my show or watching my show over the years that I've been doing this, remember that. People suck. People make mistakes. People are infallible. People do things they're not supposed to do. People panic in the moment and make a bad decision, like this cop that, that used a gun instead of a taser. But that doesn't equal racism because the person that you're dealing with is black, or the person that you're dealing with is Latino, or the person that you're dealing with is Asian. 
The media wants the races. They want us to be tribal. They want white people to defend white people, and they want black people to defend black people, no matter what the circumstances are, and that's disgraceful. And we're falling for it. We're falling for it. We're falling right into it. They want us to hate each other. And now I'm going to tell you why with five minutes left. Why did we go through all of these exercises in the last five days? You know, I learned a lot from Donald Trump when he was president. And I had a friend who worked in the White House in the press corps, and I won't say his name because for obvious reasons. And he used to call me and tell me the backstory of some of the stuff that was going on. And this guy, by the way, was in charge of, I, 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 if I say that, then people will know who it is. This guy was very influential in, in, in the way things were tweeted from Donald Trump's account. I'll put it that way, okay? And, the, and he called me laughing one day. And I actually said this on the show, but I didn't say where I got it. I just said it as if I was the genius. He called me laughing one day and he said, hey, put on CNN. And I put on CNN and they were talking about Donald Trump tweeting something mean. And it was a three-day barrage on CNN and MSNBC and every single, every single cable show, including Fox, what Donald Trump said and how it was mean. And I think it was the shithole country comment that he made. And they went on and on and on and on and on. And I said to him, okay, yeah, I'm seeing it. It doesn't really look like this is making you guys look good. Why are you laughing? He said, what was the lead story yesterday for the last three days? Kids in cages at the border. You know what they're talking about today? Donald Trump's mean tweet, three days in a row. You know what they're not talking about? Kids in cages on the border. Mm -hmm. So when that happened, I thought, you know what? Fucking genius, right? They know what they're, Trump knows what he's doing. When he tweets out something and people get all worked up about it, he knows what he's doing. He's doing it on purpose. But it also led me to start being a little bit more aware of what the media's doing on purpose. What was the lead story prior to DeWante Williams getting shot by this woman who thought she was using a taser. It was kids in cages at the border. It was the influx of immigrants coming into this country. It was the, it was the caravans that are marching toward our border and Joe Biden's administration letting them come in. It was the fact that you were, you were packing 500 illegal alien children into a space that was meant for 200 people because they don't have the room. It was the fact that the illegal aliens that are coming here aren't being tested for COVID. Those were the stories. And if you look back, don't, you know, don't take my word for it. Go back and look at what the lead stories were the three days before DeWante Williams. That's what it was. So CNN said, we can't have this. And MSNBC and the Democrats, because they're just mouthpieces for the Democrats, said, we can't have this. So as soon as the DeWante Williams things hap thing happened, which, by the way, he caused his own problem by resisting arrest. But instead, it's three days, five days of panel discussions about racism, about the charges. And then it goes back to George Floyd because now the trial is starting. So we'll piggyback those two issues. And now people are rioting. Let's go cover the riots. So while we're covering the riots and we're covering DeWante Williams and we're covering George Floyd, we're not talking about kids in cages at the border. We're not talking about the illegal aliens coming in. And by the way, why does the media not want you to think about what's going on at the border. Why do, they, why do they pivot to racism right away? Why is that the dynamic? That's the dynamic because they don't want black people in America to start to figure out that by the Democrats importing millions of illegal aliens into this country, millions of people who are low-educated, low-skilled workers, whose jobs are they going to take when we let them in and we give them citizenship? They're going to take the jobs of low-skilled, low-wage black Americans. We're having a hard enough time, by the way, in this country as it is. 
they have diminishing political power when you're letting millions of people of another race come in. Because now all of a sudden the Democrats are a little bit more concerned with Latinos than they are blacks, aren't they? Aren't they? And that's what this is really all about. I know that there's racism in America. I hear it on CNN every day. They're attacking white people. I also understand there's racism in America against black people and Asians and everybody else. Because people suck. And that's the bottom line. And by the way, you go to any other country, any country, I don't care what country it is, you're going to see the same thing. When I hear people say America is racist, America is built on racism, every country's built on racism. Go back to Rome and Sparta. Go back to the Mongolians and the Chinese. Everything has to do with race. It always has in human history. And we as a society, we as a, as a species, we're kind of entering our teen years, right, as a species. We've only been around for a few thousand years, right? And we're starting to enter kind of our teens where we're starting to become enlightened that treating people differently based on their race is a bad thing. But how do we look back 100 years and judge people? I asked, I asked a, a black friend of mine this the other day, and he's, by the way, very liberal. And I said, let me ask you this. The people who were racist back in, let's say, 200 years ago, people who even in the 50s and 60s who were, didn't want to hire black people, thought of them as less than human, they were born into that environment. They were born and they were raised to believe that. So how do we really judge them based on today's standards when we were taught differently? Rather than judging them as bad people, we should look back and say, look how far we've come. Because as a nation, we are not a racist nation. We are not a racist nation. And we're not built on racism. We're built on a document that allows people to be free. Had the founding fathers not given us the Constitution, Abe Lincoln never would have been able to free the slaves if they had never allowed a provision to have the Constitution be amended, we never would have freed the slaves. Black people would still be working on cotton fields and working as domestic servants, as slaves. And by the way, so would Irish people, right? Because when Irish people came here, we were slaves too. Not the same way, it was a different dynamic, but we were slaves. Oh, time up, sorry. Um, so I want you guys to think, I want you to just kind of think outside the box a little bit. When these things happen, don't have the knee-jerk reaction the media wants you to have don't have the knee-jerk reaction that the Democrats want you to have. And by the way, the Republicans aren't much different. Repub Democrats are far worse, but the Republicans aren't much different. Republicans want to open up the borders and let all the illegal aliens come in, too. They want to make them citizens. They want, to, they want all the same stupid shit that the Democrats want. They've both sold us out. And what we have to do is start taking control. We can't control the media, and we can't control the politicians, but we can control ourselves. Mm -hmm. We can look at something and resist the urge to have a knee-jerk emotional reaction to it and then go look for facts before we decide who we think might be right and who we think might be wrong. And not do it based on the skin, of, skin color of the cop or the teacher or the defendant or the lawyer or the judge. We need to start taking control as individuals of our own life and stop this and push back against it. And by the way, if you know someone that treats somebody badly because they're Asian or they're Jewish or they're black, you say something. Don't go to HR. Don't go to someone else to fight your battle for you. Walk over to them and say, hey, look, you know, that's not, that's, that's not okay. And I want you to know that I'm not okay with what you did. Because peer pressure is, is, peer pressure is pretty powerful. Yeah. And the government's never going to be able to stop everybody from, from doing bad things. But we can police ourselves. 
And so I think that's probably what I want to leave you with today because time is up. And I apologize. I know we went over. And we just had a big, long discussion about going over, and then I go over today, but I apologize. I, 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 I know that there's a lot of people who watch my show and listen to my show and follow me on Facebook that don't want to listen. I get that because I see their comments. They don't want to think for themselves. They immediately want to call me a racist, attack my dead father, which, by the way, is always going to get you blocked. The only thing that's going to get you blocked on my page is if you're going to attack my dead father. You do that, you're done. But they, they, they want to make it about race when it's not about race because they don't want you to think. They don't want you to look at the details. They don't want you to look at, at what's really going on. They want to have a racial discussion. That's what they want. They want a racial discussion because then it's black versus white and that divides everybody and nobody wins. I'm just here to tell you, it's going to collapse our country. Yep. Societally, we're going to collapse from within. And it's take, this stuff that's doing it. Take all the labels off the front. Just put people. Right. We're not yeah. black people. We're not white people. Right. We're not police people. We're people. Right. Right. So I guess you can roll up, Melvin. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors, McLennan Real Estate, uh, Century 21. We love Matt and Janet and everybody over there. We're going to have Matt come on the show at some point. Uh, AFC Urgent Care in Methuen in North Andover. Marse and Ann Sun Construction, EIS Investigations, Borelli's Deli, which is where I'm going right now, Pleasant Valley Landscaping, and a free show to HS Investigation, who's also sponsoring the show, but I haven't had a chance to put that thing up, so when I do, he's still going to get three months. Um, thank you to Chrissy for my fine, fine producer, uh, Dave Garafalo, Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, and again, I want to thank United Podcast Network <laughs> for not canceling me. We keep you around. I, although, after today's show... I don't know. If, I don't. I don't know. If we're going to get the love from UPI, but but hopefully that we're going to be here next week. Um, the Valley Patriots on the street. Make sure you pick it up. Get some great stories in this edition. Valleypatriot.com is where you can always get breaking news stories. And it sounds like Melvin Taylor says we got to go home. So All as right. Ronnie Ford would say, go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.